morning, Alex. <laughs> hey, good morning. How's it going? It is. Up, it's uh, cold. Yeah, it is freezing here in Ohio. What is the what's the temperature up in Cleveland right now? With the wind chill, it's uh, negative eight. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's oh. painful to walk out. Like you walk out and your whole body hurts. I mean, I, it might just be because I'm 30 now, but like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so glad I work from home now because I, I had to run some errands tomorrow, yesterday morning and went outside and like was immediately freezing because it was two degrees out. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank goodness I can like preheat my car from my apartment and my car was nice and warm and like it was it was helpful, but I still didn't want to be out in the cold. So I know. Same. Yeah. Do you guys still have a lot of snow? Uh, a decent amount. Some of it's kind of melted by this point, but there's still a little bit left, especially where they didn't plow. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous of that. I think we still have about like close to 20 inches of snow here. Like, of course, just sitting there. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Our driveway is literally like a tunnel because of how high the snow is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, today's today's episode we're chatting about uh, charging again. We've we've usually kind of start each season with a charging discussion. Um, I think we started the first one with kind of an overall like very beginner's guide to charging, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I can't. I honestly can't remember what we did the last the last two seasons. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a blur. Um, yeah, no, I, we did talk about like almost like a EV one hundred and one level of charging, like yeah. how to find chargers, how to initiate chargers, but from a very high level overview. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we've actually really talked about the engineering aspects and getting a deep dive into how charging works and how there's different things that can impact like a charging session. Yeah. Exactly. And I think we're going to we're going to attempt that today and don't let the title or this intro scare you cuz I am not going to go into math. I'm not going to go into like <laughs> mo- we'll try to stay away from like the high level physics of things. We'll kind of keep it high level but be deeper than like the normal charging discussion of like how the electricity works when it's going into your car and like ACDC conversion and, and some of that stuff. So if you have like a remote, so any kind of like remotely electrical background or like understand electricity on a basic level, you'll be, you'll understand what's going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that, that's good for my tired brain today. So. <laughs> I was about to say, and Brandon is here to keep me honest. Cause if I start rambling about like stuff, he doesn't understand, he's going to cut me off and like, <laughs> let me know, Alex, we're losing people here. We got to, we got to dumb this down a little bit or <laughs> make it a little simpler. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you'll see me start nodding off. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be my sign. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I figured to start, we'll just kind of start from like power getting from the wall to your car. And we'll start with with AC charging because that's kind of the most simplest. If you're in the U.S., it's called level two charging. Um, I found out recently in Europe, they don't call level two charging level two over in Europe. They call it AC charging. Yeah. Just just AC. Just AC. Yeah. Cause like it, it got brought up on a call and we're like, we're talking about, oh yeah, we're doing level two for this. And they're like, well, what is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that type of charging. <laughs> wow. Which is, I actually feel like that makes it simpler. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Cause the, the distinction between level two and level three or DCFC is level two is AC power and level three is DC power. So yeah. Um, yeah. And if you need like kind of a basic refresher on 
on AC versus DC. AC is essentially the power that comes out of your wall. That's that's what grid power is. It stands for alternating current. Um, it's essentially that way because it's more efficient to transmit electricity over AC. So it's it's alternating current. You can you can move power a lot longer distances when it's AC than DC. Um, so that's the reason it's that way. Um, but the problem is a lot of electronics and uh, cars and anything that has a battery essentially runs on DC power. So you've got to convert it eventually to actually charge the battery or power any kind of electronics or anything like that. Even like your 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 desktop computer, if you have one of those, you know, you plug it directly into the wall. It's got a little power module in there that converts the wall power to DC so it can run your computer. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. In the same. That's it's, news to you, me. Yeah, your laptop is the same way. You've got like a your you, if you've got like a um, a non Apple laptop, you've probably got a big like brick in the middle of your charge cord. That's that AC to DC converter. Um, oh, okay. On the on like the Macs, like the the nicer newer Macs, they've got that big charging brick that goes in the wall. That's the AC to DC converter. So, like, you've got to convert that that grid power to make it dc for the computer so that just um, literally blew my mind (laughs) (laughs) so i mean the same is true for cars right so you've got this big dc battery and you've got to convert that power somehow to make it work and actually charge the battery so for an ac charger if you've got one installed in your garage or you've seen one out in public or anything like that um that is all ac there's no dc component to that level two charger um so that it's taking that grid power directly as it is from the grid it's it's taking it uh generally it's around 240 volts which is kind of like standard in the u.s um and then it's essentially putting that power directly to the port there's there's really not a lot of complicated stuff at a level two charger honestly it's i I always tell people it's essentially a switch and the smart part or the like actual charging part is just turning on and off that switch it's like a light switch essentially so it's got internal relays and and switches and stuff so that when you activate the charge either through the app or or if it's a dumb charger, you just plug in your car when it recognizes there's a car there. All it's doing is just flipping that switch and turning power on. So it's very simple. And I think a lot of people don't really realize that because it's it seems very complicated. There is like a big piece of electronics either on your wall or, or something else. But if you like open it up and look inside, it's it's very simple. So is that why some like uh, household like chargers, like when you plug your car in, it clicks? Like yeah. you kind of hear like a clicking sound. Okay. That's exactly Because ours happening. does that. Yeah. Okay. That little mm-hmm. click is that relay switching power on. So. Okay. Um, and this is really enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And the complicated part with level twos is when you start adding like Wi-Fi modules so you can connect to your home Wi-Fi and pull data off of it. You're adding like sensors and stuff to track the either voltage or current or, or KW output, like all this stuff. That's when it gets complicated and like becomes a more more complicated machine and that's why you see the price ranges of those level two chargers range from like a couple hundred bucks all the way up to like over a thousand depending on what capabilities you want um what weather ratings you want all this kind of stuff so um 
that's why we said in past episodes it's like it's as much as you want to spend on a level two charger <laughs> like how much data do you want how much stuff do you want to to pull off your charger can i ask you a quick question alex yeah yeah for sure so um i know that there are some chargers that are over a thousand dollars that don't offer connectivity features um really like uh for example like some of the clipper creek uh, yeah. chargers are just more rugged um and that tends to like increase the price but the power output is more for some of those um mm-hmm. but some of them are not do you happen to know why those would be so expensive is it just because of the materials they're putting in there yeah i mean the thing is like functionally they're not going to operate any different if they're not if they're non-networked or like they don't have the smart capabilities and Usually the reason they're more expensive is because they're like for commercial settings. They're they're meant to be installed outside. They have like heavier duty plastic or whatever, like the the enclosure is heavier duty. So that's really what you're paying for generally with that. Um but you're right also okay. you you would pay more for like a higher powered output level two, because level two can range anywhere from like one kilowatt all the way up to like I've seen like nineteen. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So the power comes from the grid, goes through that charger. When you plug in your car or activate the charge, you'll hear that relay click on. That means it's it's ready to output power. And and usually you don't hear that relay till the car is actually plugged in because obviously you don't want power just running to like a cord uh, a cord that's just exposed <laughs> and you could like zap somebody with. Um, so there is like stuff in there where it can recognize it's plugged into a car like it's it's communicating with the car and asking for power once it gets into the car that is where the ac to dc conversion happens so every ev is equipped at least that i most passenger cars and stuff like that are equipped with those onboard ac to dc converter to convert it and put it into dc so it's actually going to charge the battery which is kind of backwards from like a lot of other electronics. Like I was saying before, usually the AC to DC is like on the exterior and you can see like the power brick, but in all EVs, it's on the inside. So um, I almost kind of think of it more like a desktop computer where you've got like that, that AC to DC converter (laughs) inside the actual computer. Um, That makes a lot more sense to me. Um, So then it charges the car. So (laughs) it's pretty, it's, it is pretty simple on AC from top to bottom. The only kind of complicated thing here is you have to be careful about the how much power your car can receive. So that onboard charger that's converting the AC to DC usually has a KW limit. So like I know on my car, the max KW it can handle is 11 and a half kilowatts. So mm-hmm. if I plug into a 19 kilowatt level two charger i'm still only gonna get 11 and a half kilowatts and the car communicates to say like hey i can only handle this much power like cut it back a little bit basically (laughs) so so yeah that's that's really the only complicated part of ac charging so actually i do have a question i think that this could help a lot of listeners too yeah do you happen to know, like, for example, like your Model 3 can only accept 11, you know, 0.5 kilowatts, which tends to be the standard now for newer EVs? Yeah. Um, and say, for example, you plug into, like, a 19 kilowatt station. If, the if like, that station is, like, one of those, like, dummy stations where it mm-hmm. doesn't have any connectivity features or, like, any data restrictions or anything like that, how does it know to – how does the station itself know to cut the power that your car can only accept? Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is where we can, I'll try to avoid kind of the physics side of it because it can get really complicated, but yeah. <laughs> um, electricity is more of a pool than it is a push. So I believe the charger itself, like on the car is essentially saying like, I can only handle this much power. And because of the like resistance of the charger or something like that, I believe like resistance plays a role. The, the charger is only going to output like enough to like complete the circuit and not blow things up. So the charger isn't like actively doing any work. I think it's just kind of the nature of electricity that it knows like, Hey, it can only handle this much or like we're only accepting this much right now. <laughs> if that Got makes it. sense. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I haven't researched that, that too much and I really need to, I need to look into that deeper. Cause that is like an interesting thing. Um, it's the same reason, like when you plug in, like a hair dryer, for example, it's it's pulling like ten amps, but mm-hmm. if you plug in like I don't know your phone to charge, it's only pulling like one amp. It's a similar kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It, it's funny when you say it that way because earlier you mentioned like how the car, like the cable itself, doesn't have electricity until you plug the car in. That way, you don't zap people. Exactly. I kind of have this like envision of like a like a water hose, but for electricity or electricity. Yeah. So I'm calling it like a zap hose. I think I might start calling <laughs> charging cables that <laughs> because it, it kind of reflects the physics too. If you think of it, you know, like the it doesn't. There's no current, which you could think of like the water current, you know, in a way. Yeah. Until uh, and you're car can if you think of it almost like a cup can only handle so much liquid or electricity so so i think i might make t-shirts called zappos (laughs) (laughs) yeah the like plumbing analogy is something you hear a lot in uh electricity and a lot of it holds up for kind of understanding it on a basic level but then like once you dive deeper into it you see like it's it's kind of a flawed explanation of of how power works just because electricity is just like a completely different beast so um but yeah that's a that's a great way to understand it honestly um but yeah the uh level two pretty simple um the complicated thing is dc charging which personally i do need to research a lot more and understand more because i'm learning more and more every day like literally a couple weeks ago i learned something new about dc chargers that i didn't even think about till somebody pointed it out um Oh, so I'm DC curious now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I brought it up with you, so we'll, we'll get into that. But DC charging is a lot more complicated, um, generally just because it's dealing with higher power. So DC charging can also range from like as low as you want to go to like as high as you want to go. It's really just about like how much power you have available. So there's not like a a kw or or power output cutoff necessarily that you can say is like all right this is dc this is ac like it's it's Mm -hmm. two different types of power so trying to like draw draw a distinct line in the sand of like one being uh ac or one being dc is not really fair because i've seen like 20 kw dc chargers and i just said we have like 19 or 20 kw ac chargers so it's it's just two different types of charging and I've noticed on some of these new, like, big rig trucks that are coming out, they don't even have AC capabilities. They don't even have that onboard charger. So they, like, require a DC charger to charge the car just because the 
battery is so much bigger. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That would that that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and just the nature of DC because you're not doing that conversion, you're like essentially plugging in directly into the battery. That's what makes it so fast and efficient is because you're not having that that AC to DC conversion. That's why charging times are so much shorter. Like that's there's just a lot of advantages to DC. Um, so we'll kind of I'll take a step back and kind of walk through the. I'm pulling up kind of my thing to look at that i reference uh, for <laughs> for chargers and we can we can put this up on the the youtube video too so people can look at it so for dc chargers these are always almost always going to be out in public or like a charging depot where you've got big rig trucks or something like that like this is not something you're going to install at home <laughs> this <Yeah>. is <laughs> i guess technically you probably could install it at home but it's going to be crazy expensive it's going to be a lot of electrical work you're probably going to have to get a new like service run from your uh, from your local utility like it is not something you want to install at home nor do you probably need to. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good you address that because that's actually a common question I've received before too. Like, can I install a DC fast charger? So, yeah, yeah, at home. And it's and like I always like to say, it's technically possible. Like, you can do whatever you want, but is it practical? Is it affordable? No, like <laughs> it's not it's not like worth it at all to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars running new electrical service, installing like a bunch of equipment just so you can have faster charging for your car that sits in your driveway overnight. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> not um, a good investment. <laughs> no, no. Personally, yeah, I think I'd rather spend money on other things. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so for DC charging, again, you're you're getting grid power. Um, generally, instead of I didn't talk about this for level two, but generally the level two charging is what's called like split phase power or single phase power. So, like in your electrical box, you've got like two um, two rows of like breakers. So mm -hmm. each of those is on generally is on a separate phase. So you've got like your like A phase <laughs> breakers and you've got your B phase breakers and then there's like a C phase that has been like that they kind of distribute around like different houses and stuff. And I'm hoping I'm saying that right, but generally AC power from the grid is three phase. So you've got three different phases that are all like coinciding to transmit power long distances. And again, that's like most efficient to do it that way. Um, that's why you see on power lines, you've got like, it's generally three wires because there's three different phases that they're running. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And this is getting into like what I learned in school and what I did at my last job. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a like complicated subjects and complicated to work on. So I won't get too deep into that, but just know that power coming from the grid is three phase generally. Um, and it's it, not magic. And it's not magic, yeah. <laughs> no. Though it seems that way <laughs> much of the time. <laughs> um, anyway, for these for these DC chargers, generally they require three phase power, just because you can get higher output out of that three phase, and you're you're essentially plugging direct into the grid at that point versus taking it off of like a local transformer that's near your house. Um, so like those, I didn't mention this in AC charging, but those like green boxes that you see like around neighborhoods and stuff, those oh, yeah. are transformers. 
So those are taking like the higher power grid power that's generally at like 13,000 volts and stepping it down to like 240 volts so that it works on your house. Yeah. Okay. So if you see those little green boxes or like they're usually like two or three feet high, like maybe four by four square, like those are little transformers that are trans like uh, dropping the power down so it works on houses and isn't going to burn stuff up. Okay. So quick question for you, because I know it is common in our area for transformers to like, you know, go up in sparks. <laughs> is, that, is that because the transformer failed to drop down the voltage? Like it, it, like taking it from the grid, like maybe it like overpowered that transformer. Is that how that happens? Yeah, there's a few different reasons transformers can fail. Um, usually they fail because of some kind of internal short or something. So... I won't like explain transformers in depth. That might be a different <laughs> different concept. But <laughs> we're getting off topic. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's no. This is this is interesting stuff for me. This is like what I went to school for. So, um, yeah. Usually, there's some kind of internal fault or something that that causes that to occur. Um, so when like the two parts of the transformer like touch each other, or you've got some kind of breakdown in the material that's used to like create the transformer, that can cause it to fail, and those transformers generally i believe it's the same for the for like the pole mounted transformers but they're generally filled with oil which sounds weird to say but oil is the insulator in those transformers so like transformers are essentially like two windings that are kind of like twisted together to like convert the power and the number of windings like determines how much the power is stepped down so when those obviously you can't have them just in the open air or else they'll like short out and like the power will arc over and like short out. So they're filled with oil generally to insulate that so that they're not going to like arc over. But when you do that, obviously that oil can like break down or um, not be as good at insulating them can cause like little internal shorts and stuff like that. And that's why you see, like, when a transformer fails, it, like, catches on fire because it is burning that oil. <laughs> so Interesting. <laughs> so if you've ever seen, like, a huge transformer fail at, like, a power station or something like that or a substation, the safest thing to do is just let it burn because it's going to, like, it's way more dangerous to try to put the, pa- like, put the fire out than it is to just let the transformer burn. So... <laughs> Like it's, it's crazy. Wow. That's yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should tell you about like what I did at my old job sometime. Cause it's like crazy complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what I used to do the- was essentially figure out, um, like I, I helped program and set all the computers that like monitored the power stations so that when a transformer failed or certain things on the grid failed, the we have breakers like essentially what's in your house but all around our power station on like huge scales that could switch off and like cut off power essentially because like when that transformer fails you want to basically open up all the switches around it (laughs) yeah so that's what i did was help program like how do we set that so that we can like see current ramping up or see voltage go weird and then we can we can flip off the transformer oh interesting so yeah that's the short version (laughs) <laughs> yeah. save, save that for the origin story that's right <laughs> the long that's version. right yeah. um 
anyway, so three-phase power. We went on a huge yes. tangent there, but <laughs> three-phase power comes from the grid. Um, then you've got, like, switch gear and stuff, like your your little breakers, kind of similar to what you have in your house. It goes through those, and then it connects into a giant, like, refrigerator-sized piece of machinery, and that then does the AC to DC conversion. So it's essentially a massive version of the little charging brick you use to charge your phone. <laughs> okay. But obviously we're working with like <laughs> giant amounts of power compared to what's going into your phone. Um, so that giant like refrigerator thing is what's doing the AC to DC conversion. So if you've been to a fast charger, you probably see like there's the actual chargers you interact with. And then there's a giant box somewhere that like is actually connected to the grid and doing that AC to DC conversion. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now that, now that I'm thinking about like all the stations I've been to, it's either hidden behind like some like closet, like compartment or it's in, you know, it's visible. Yep. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. We like on installs, I like it when it's kind of hidden away. Like it's can't be accessed by people, but sometimes the budget for that isn't there. So you've just got this, (laughs) this giant piece of machinery, like out, uh, this giant box essentially just kind of sitting in the grass. And that's what you hear from people that'll say that are like kind of EV haters saying like, oh, this charger is run by like a diesel generator because it does make a lot of noise because it's like transferring like high amounts of power. Generally, there's cooling in there. There's fans running like mm-hmm. it sounds like a machine running when it's just like taking grid power, converting it. Yeah. Yeah, and and I've noticed that with like especially some of the older chargers that you know like have been sitting there for years, they are incredibly loud compared to like the newer ones that probably have better efficiency, like cooling systems and how they use the the energy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I've I've seen that complaint online that it's diesel powered or, (laughs) (laughs) and no, it's not (laughs) exactly. So then the power goes from there. It's in AC at this point because it's gone through that big box. Uh, or sorry, it's in DC at this point. It's it's converted from AC to DC since it's gone through that box. And then it'll go out to what I've been like the actual charging unit you interact with as a driver. Um, I've heard a bunch of different names to like describe what these are called. I've heard dispensers. I've heard kiosks. I've heard like all kinds of different stuff, but... Just know that, like, this is generally what has the screen on it, what has the, like, actual cord you plug into your car on it. Um, so, like, you're probably familiar with all the Electrify America stations. That's how most of them are set up. Yeah. Um, at Tesla, it's just, like, that the little, like, uh, thing with the cord on it, the little, like, cord holder, essentially, is all the, <laughs> all the dispenser is. So... And then from there, you plug into the car, and it is does a similar kind of handshake that the ac does it like make sure that the car is plugged in and this is when it gets a little bit more confusing because on this uh on this dc side there is a little bit more communication than on the ac side to determine like how much power is going out to the car so in this case the charger actually has to like match the voltage of the battery and then it has to then output as much current as it can. So if you look up like a graph of like uh, EV battery charging curve, some of them will break it out by like the voltage and current level. And that's where it gets really interesting because a lot of chargers will um, 
they'll kind of give their like voltage rating, like their range of voltages. So they can go anywhere from like 200 volts to 950 volts. And this is where I kind of got my mind blown a couple weeks ago <laughs> with this, uh, with this uh, charging discussion because a lot of uh, cars are on a 400 volt battery architecture, right? Um, mm -hmm. My Model 3 is on one. Your Bolt is on one. ID4 is on one, I believe, too, right? They're all uh, yes, they're all is. 400 volt batteries, which is generally not something that consumers know about or drivers know about. They just like know it has a battery. They don't generally <laughs> even think about like the voltage of the battery, and nor should they. <laughs> um, so there's two components to charging. There's the voltage side and there's the current side to put power out. So the voltage is kind of stuck it's got to be at the same voltage level as the battery but the current can move up and down and that's how you get like your your higher powered so if you're you're plugging into the battery it's at 400 volts and you've only got um 100 amps of charging if you do the quick math on that i think that works out to like 40 kw is that right you're asking the wrong person you're right you're right so <laughs> i'm just pulling up i'm making sure i got my numbers right i am Math is never my forte. <laughs> so to calculate power, it's it's super simple, actually. You just take the voltage times current. So okay. if it's 400 volts, and then you just multiply by, I said 100 amps, for example, you get 40,000 watts. But then you divide by 1,000, and you get 40 kW. So if you plug okay. into a charger that theoretically can go up to however many volts it needs to and but can only output 100 amps for whatever reason then you're only going to get 40 kw max on your car assuming it can handle that um the complicated part is a lot of these chargers are limited to 200 amps and the reason for that is because the cables are incredibly like they can burn up like easily if they go above their rated current because <laughs> current current is the part that actually like heats up the the wires and like heats up things and electricity like super high voltage generally isn't an issue like heat wise it's the super high mm -hmm. current that causes like heat and issues and that's why you like here in like safety classes it's not the it's not the voltage that kills you it's the current <laughs> <laughs> so like Jeez. yeah which is like wild because like one amp of electricity could kill you technically which wow. is like yeah which is super scary and like even me as an electrical engineer like i avoid electricity like the plague generally like i don't i don't want to wire anything in my house like i i be i'm very careful with that stuff because um, cool. if you don't know what you're doing like you can you can get hurt yeah, and I, and I think, and I mean, this is just me, but like, you know, like cartoons and stuff like that, I feel like teaches, you know, people that like the volts are like what to worry about, like the voltage. Yeah, like danger, current. high voltage. It's like. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, I could see where people would totally miss, you know, misunderstand that. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, if you're doing any kind of like electrical work, like triple check everything you're doing before you start. Make sure power's off before you work on anything. Um, that's the same reason, like people always tell you to turn things off before you try to repair them, like cut power, like 
make sure everything's off because like even a little tiny zap can can get you <laughs> so oh my god <laughs> yeah wow. which like yeah the more you learn about the world the like scarier it gets i swear <laughs> <laughs> right. this is why i don't leave my house <laughs> um so anyway back to the like charging thing so most most chargers are limited to the 200 amps uh just because that's as much as the cable can handle like the actual wire can handle that's running through there um but a lot of companies will say oh yeah we can we can ramp up to 950 volts so theoretically they can claim that their charger if we do the math on that it would be like 200 amps times 950 volts divide by a thousand you're getting 190 kW. So technically that charging manufacturer can claim we have a we have a 190 kW charger. Like we can we can charge at 190 kW. But theoretically and like in practice, the majority of cars that pull up to that are on a 400 volt system, right? But they're still limited mm-hmm. to that that 200 amps. So if we take the 400 times 200, you're only at 80 kW. Even though they claimed that they're a 190 kW charger. That, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that that's just, that's confusing. It is, yeah. And I said we yeah. weren't going to do math on this episode, but here we are doing that. <laughs> These are simple ones, though. These are simple ones. You don't need to pull out the calculator because yeah. I've, been, I've been doing the math for you here. <laughs> yeah, you're keeping it simple for me. <laughs> I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, I could definitely see where that would really confuse somebody who thinks their car is rated at 150 kilowatts and yeah. they pull up and they're only getting, you know, 80 or, you know, maybe yeah. even max like 90. Exactly. So that's so that's the one wrinkle to it. And I should have mentioned this beforehand and you just brought it up is cars are limited and batteries are limited on how much KW they can handle. So even though they don't have that onboard charger, certain battery systems just can't handle above a certain like amperage into the battery um just because of the way the batteries are designed or whatever so like my model 3 can handle up to 250 kw it's still a 400 volt battery architecture Mm -hmm. and that's why you saw in like the new v3 superchargers that's why they all have liquid cooled cables because they've got to keep those cables cool and got to be able to handle more amperage because they couldn't ramp the voltage up to get more power they had to move the amperage up that makes sense. Yeah, right? Yeah. Is it clicking a little yeah. bit? I hope I'm still yes. making sense for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I mean, that, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, you you have to adapt. I, yeah, I mean, if you're innovating, like, your charging stations, I could see where you'd absolutely have to innovate, you know, new, um, new standards to make sure yeah. that it works properly and safely. Exactly. So your ID4, for example, though is is limited to i think 120 kw or is it 150 125 125 okay so again if you pull up to a station that can go up to 180 let's ignore the like voltage and and current (laughs) uh discussion but if you pull up to a station that can theoretically do 180 you're never going to see above 125 just because that's that's the most the battery can handle right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the easy discussion around like uh dc charging and like what certain cars can handle but obviously as we just discussed it can get way more complicated so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so 
you know, just from like an everyday driver, you know, aspect and like we, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are starting to get into an electric vehicle, maybe they're shopping and now, you know, they might be a little bit scared that, that, that like, for example, like a Mach-E is rated at 150 and they might not see that. Mm-hmm. As an engineer and somebody who has experience with this, what would you recommend them doing in order to potentially see the highest power output that they can? Like, is there something you would recommend? Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of things. And I think I think you probably have kind of the same same responses as well. Um, but we'll ignore kind of the voltage and current discussion because that that does get super complicated. And that's <laughs> something we're working on in the industry to like improve the driver experience on. Um, I think the ultimate solution is like in these charging apps, people would have to input their vehicle. And then the apps would recognize, okay, this is on X battery, like whatever voltage battery architecture. We know the charging hardware that you're looking at, and then it can kind of do the math for you and figure that out. So you're not trying to calculate this like as a driver to figure out like what what am I actually going to see charging here? What's the max I can see charging here? Um, mm-hmm. But if we go back to like if you Google that, that EV charging curve, um, you'll see it's highest when your battery is really low. So if you want to see like the max charging speeds, you want to arrive with a super low battery, generally like five to 10%. And you got to make sure your battery is warm as well. Um, that's a big part of, of, of uh, charging because if you pull up with a cold battery and you plug into a hundred KW, like you're not going to see that right away. Cause you'll burn up your battery. Like those, those, <laughs> those thermodynamics kind of got to, got to balance out before you are pumping the full amount of power in. So if you mm-hmm. saw with like kind of the recent Tesla updates, like I guess it's probably over a year ago now, but they're adding like the preconditioning aspect to it where like your battery's heating up and uh, it's getting ready for charging before you even get to the charger. So low yeah. state of charge and battery temperature, probably like the biggest ones. Okay. Am I missing any there? I'm trying to think if I, I missed any. No, I, I think you got it all right. Oh, actually, okay, yeah. Here's the question I had for you. So say, for example, like a driver doesn't have a Tesla or like the car doesn't automatically precondition the battery when you're heading towards a station. Um, is there any advice or like tips you could provide somebody to like warm up their battery pack prior to getting to a station? I don't know, because that's really on the, the car side. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stop on the side <laughs> of the highway, driving. get out your get out your, your heater, and <laughs> just, and just wave heater. that near the battery. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, because there's not really much you can do as a driver, and I think that's really more on the, the auto OEMs to, like, kind of build that into their cars. So there, there's a button, or it knows you're navigating to a charger, um, it can do that, that heating for you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because in a lot of ways, just the driver experience and like the, the thought of all this stuff needs to come off of the driver because Mm -hmm. you don't have to think about any of this stuff with a gas vehicle. And I can certainly understand why people are so over overwhelmed now getting into an EV. Like it's, I'm learning new things as an electrical engineer in the EV industry, like about charging and the yeah. late person that just needs a new car, like <laughs> should not have yeah. to worry about all this stuff. So, um, I think there's just a lot of work that needs done in general. So that's mm-hmm. a, like kind of a bad answer. I feel like to the, what can you do? No, there's not a lot, honestly, it's more on the, more on the auto OEMs. 
Yeah. Well, no, I think, I mean, I think it's a realistic answer because like you, even you just said, like, you know, you, you have this engineering background, you're an EV enthusiast and, you know, like educator and like, I, I'm an EV educator too, but like, there's still things that like I'm learning all the time. And yeah. I think that just comes with ownership, yeah. you know, and talking with people in the industry and learning more about this because, you know, I, I, I don't know how electricity works. You know, that's something I never really question. I just plug things in mm-hmm. and just they they work so and again like you shouldn't and you shouldn't have to think about it like we live in 2022 like you should be able to like plug in your light bulb or whatever and not have to really worry about like how it works like you should just assume (laughs) the smart people have figured it out and and everything's installed properly (laughs) and i don't gotta worry about it like i paid somebody else to do that so (laughs) yeah well i Um, think i'm gonna go around my neighborhood now and count how many transformers i see and just (laughs) <laughs> it's make, make a you know a spreadsheet yeah that almost like ruins like driving or anything working in the power industry because like anytime i drive now i'm like pointing out like transmission lines and like oh look that <laughs> substation like because i know all the equipment in it now and i worked with it all day so it's it's super interesting that's awesome yeah no i i think that this this will help a lot of drivers and to be honest i mean when we were preparing for this episode as well as like you know listening to you talk about this i learned a lot too okay good especially like the inverter aspect like i never really looked at my laptop like like (laughs) the charging brick like it just it makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, once you start realizing the stuff, this is what I love about engineering too, is like I love figuring things out and like being able to explain things or understand like how things work helps you a lot of ways in life. Like troubleshooting is like the most underrated skill, I feel like, just in, in day-to-day life. Um, like understanding how something works, if this specific part isn't working, what could be causing that? Like backtracking mm-hmm. that. Like, that's a lot of what you learn in engineering and, like, especially in the industry is, like, troubleshooting stuff. So that's, like, a highly underrated skill. I'm trying to think of, like, any other questions I might have that, like, an everyday driver might have. Yeah. Yeah, what did I, what did I miss here, you think, that, that like, the everyday driver might, might not understand? Um, I really didn't get into the software aspect of things, but that's like something I don't even fully understand in a lot of ways because I didn't go to school for that and haven't studied that as much. Um, but that's another thing as well is kind of like the software integration and like a lot of new stuff coming with charging. Um, I can maybe talk about that to kind of wrap things up is like what's the, the future of charging and like yeah. what's coming soon or kind of in the pipeline. Probably the most exciting thing that's coming and it's it's going to take a lot of work because it's a very new thing is the the whole plug and charge capability so mm-hmm. the standard is ISO 15118 so 15118 um if you google that like all the all the documentation and the white paper and all the like the fun stuff will come up <laughs> um <laughs> But that is plug-in charge, so it's essentially replicating the Tesla experience on um, other charging networks. So others have kind of like spoofed it in a way where they they say they're like plug-in charge capable, but it's kind of like a custom solution. Nothing so far has been like fully open source where like it can work on all networks. It works like in a standardized way. The like white papers out are out there for it but nothing's been like actually put in practice that works on like every vehicle and like works everywhere interesting okay yeah 
Well, that's um, that's news to me. Yeah, I, I thought that it was like a universal standard that like any network could implement. They just haven't yet. Yeah, standards are funny because they're they're standards, but then like a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, we're using this standard, but it's like something they've they've worked and they've programmed to work on like specific vehicles in a certain setting. Like it doesn't really work with everything and truly like open. So. Um, but anyway, like this this new standard is coming that's plug and charge. So essentially, you would plug in your vehicle, it would handshake with the vehicle some somehow, and it would recognize what car is plugged in. And then you would have some payment account or something tied to your vehicle, just like Tesla, and it would automatically charge that account if for whatever electricity usage you use while charging. Um that's like the biggest thing coming and charging on the software side, which I think is going to be super nice because I think Tesla has absolutely nailed it with the charging experience. Like whether or not you like <laughs> yeah. Tesla, like they have crushed it in the both like consumer education and uh, charging aspect, just charging experience mm-hmm. of their cars. Like there's nothing easier. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. replicating that no, is going to be huge. I I absolutely agree. It's just going to make it so much easier for a driver to just pull up, plug in, and it starts mm-hmm. doing its thing, you know, starts charging. Yeah. And that's the biggest yeah. gripe among consumers that I hear and drivers is, like, charging is a pain <laughs> if you don't have a Tesla. <laughs> like, and I'm sure you can yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, even Tesla drivers experience it with non-Tesla fast chargers and, you know, level twos. Like, to to have, like, 15 different apps on my phone for different networks and carry RFID cards, like, it's it's a hassle, you know, yeah. sometimes to, to even just get a, uh, you know, a charger initiated. Yeah. So, yeah. And, it, I mean, it's all based on software, too. You know, other networks have better software than other networks, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this, uh, and that brings up a good point, too, kind of. The other side of future of charging is this roaming integration that's that's kind of taking place. So it's all built on OCPI, which is Open Charge Point Interoperability or something like that. I, can, I forget what the I, I said. I'm going to look it up I real quick. I feel like integration would have been an easier word. <laughs> yeah, interoperability. Yeah. Open Charge Point Interface. That's what it is. Oh. Um, it's uh, evroaming.org is the kind of has all the information on it but there's a whole organization for that yeah yeah most of these standards have like organizations that support them or like kind of manage it huh but essentially this will this will allow all charging networks to be integrated so that ideally you can have one app and activate every charger out there so you could choose your favorite app like Chargeway, for example, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's like fully integrated with all the other networks. You can pull up the station, you can find the charger, you can start and stop the charge, um, and you only use that app. Like that's the only thing you you integrate with. That doesn't mean that the other networks don't get paid. They still get the payment yeah. from that charge. Whatever network you're using still gets like all the data. Like it still goes through that. Just that intermediary is that that OCPI integration where it's just converting it so it's visible in the app. Interesting. It's so funny you you're, you brought this up because I was actually just tweeting um, somebody last night about how I wish that like I, I personally like to use RFID cards just because it's I, I trust it 
it's an easier experience just to tap something and plug in. It's way quicker. Um, <laughs> and I was joking that, you know, this is a Yu-Gi-Oh reference that we need like a Omni card that like, you know, like almost like the heart of the RFID cards and just yeah. tap, tap, you know, it just works. Exactly. So, I mean, if we could get this to work, that would make things so much easier for drivers. Yeah. The, the RFID cards might be tough, but since that's usually like physically integrated with the station and it's like, it's only going to recognize that networks RFID cards, but app wise, like in software wise, it's very flexible and and can do Mm -hmm. that integration. So the problem with OCPI is everybody's got to get along (laughs) and everybody's got to (laughs) follow the same standard, which obviously is very difficult. So everybody would have to say, yes, we like, we agree with OCPI standard. We're, were interoperable with other networks and like all networks out there would have to agree with each other and say, yes, we're supporting other networks or whatever else. So like at green lots where we have OCPI and roaming partners with charge points, mm-hmm. um, flow and EVgo, I think are the three. I got to double check that though. So I don't say anything wrong. That does sound right because I, I've seen uh, green lots in the charge point app as well as I believe EVgo. Yeah. Okay. So we've got we've got Flow US and Canada. We've got EV Connect. We've got EV Go mm-hmm. and ChargePoint. So through the GreenLots app, you can activate charges on all those other networks, which is pretty cool. You can pull them up. You can see pricing. You can hit start charge. Like you can do all that stuff through the GreenLots app, and vice versa. So like in the ChargePoint app, you can see GreenLots stations and activate them and and that. So it's pretty cool. Like. So we just need to get the other networks on board. Basically, like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. really kind of like integrating with everybody. So if somebody's got a favorite app, then like they use that app and they just go from there. Ideally, it would be like a third-party one um, that like isn't tied to a specific network. It just does them all. Um, yeah. And the other problem is too, it's a little bit slower. So like because there is that integration and it's got a there's another like gate for it to pass through it can be a little bit slower so like the fastest is still going to be opening up the networks app and activating that charge so yeah 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 not not to get too technical i can imagine the data transfers between servers and you know servers and networks and yeah and then have to relay back to the phone through those servers and yeah exactly Well, I still stand by the OmniCard <laughs> product <laughs> I thought of. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like, just some golden glowing card that, yep. you know, <laughs> handles it all. do it all, <laughs> yeah. No, this is interesting. I mean, like, I'm learning so much today. Like, I've never okay, even heard of this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. So um, I know we're at 9 o'clock here. So um, any final thoughts to wrap up? Yeah. No, I just, you know, I just want to say that if anybody's listening has any questions for Alex regarding, you know, electrical engineering or how like charging works, send us a voice message, you know, because we could definitely answer your question on the next episode. Um, And if you have questions in general about EV charging or, you know, how to utilize uh, the charging apps or anything like that, just Mm -hmm. let us know. We're here to help you guys. Yep. Um, and there's no there's no dumb questions either. So yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> nope, be afraid to ask something because if you're asking it, odds are somebody else has the same question has been too afraid to ask. So <laughs> more more than likely me. <laughs> so I will always ask a question. <laughs> but no, thanks Alex for you know diving into this. I mean, it was it was very useful information. Awesome. Yeah, happy to help. Um, 
and we'll talk to everybody on the next episode.